0: you're listening to the direction for life podcast we pray this episode blesses you we'd love to connect with you visit us at rdci.info or on facebook at right direction church international also follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at the rdci we hope you enjoy this broadcast
1: uh, hebrews 11:8 through verse 16 it reads, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of the promise as in the foreign country, dwelling in the tents with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same process. For he waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God by faith, someone shout by faith. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him, as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which by is by the seashore. These all died in faith. Mm -hmm. They died in what? Not having received the promise, but having seen them afar, off, be assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek as a, home, a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Holy Spirit, I bless you, Lord, and I thank you that you are with me and in me and oozing out of me, God. Now I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will help me give me the tongue of the learned, to articulate a speech, God. Give me the mind that has memory for their miracles, all of you none of me. Use my story, use my background, use my backslide, use my breakthrough, use my brokenness, use my blessing to bless your people. They are so important, Heavenly Father. So I thank you that these are your people and you want to uplift them to this week. Let this be real, not a show. Let you confirm it by their spirit, not just by my volume. Let me speak to man's spirit in this morning, Lord God, that they may hear and know it to be you. So Holy Spirit, we honor you. We welcome you in this place. We cannot do this without you. It's just a program without you. It's just. uh, cameras without you God we need you to separate us from the world from the stage right now so that they will say God I heard your voice on this morning and my life has been changed we give you all the glory and events and Jesus mighty name we pray and we all honor the glory of Jesus Christ and here amen 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 come on can we give God a praise for Jesus come on have your seat but give God a glory for Jesus hallelujah God we worship you in spirit and in truth we give you praise we give you glory amen you may have your seats you may have your seats you may have your seats just for a quick review the video that we were showing on the screen um my first sermon on this platform in this church was a was a sermon called nowish and god was dealing me about what do you do when you know what god told you to do and you feel comfortable doing what god told you to do but you don't know if you should do be doing what god told you to do and you're nowish and we t- highlighted the fact that uh, David was nowish because he had the oil, but he didn't have the he didn't have the uh, he didn't have the crown yet. Uh, we highlighted other people in the Bible who God gave a word, but they didn't give the winning word yet. Uh, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior, but you haven't won one battle yet. Um, and so many times in the Bible, God gives a word and calls us something uh, that is beyond what we can see. However, it bear witnesses with our spirit, and I call that nowish. And um, and Joseph in Genesis chapter 37, Joseph had a dream, and he believed what God showed him. The dream was so real to him. However, the dream that Joseph had in Genesis chapter 37, it annoyed his brothers on his family Sunday. And they hated him yet the more. Don't worry, I'm not hating on your family or my family. I just want to highlight that it can happen in your family. But we're not here to talk about that. I just want to highlight that. And he shared his Uh, testimony. He shared his vision uh, from a place of something that was pure. He he was transparent without a motive, but people had a problem with what God placed on his heart. Uh, He was just being himself, sharing what God could do in his life, knowing that you shouldn't have an issue with what God can do in my life, because don't you believe what God can do with your life? But there's times in life where we find that people don't have just an issue with you. They have an issue with how God does you. And they find their beef not just with you, but their beef is with your God that's for you. How dare you speak to my brother in a dream? You don't speak to me. So we find in Genesis chapter 37, Joseph has had a dream. He shares it to his brothers. Even his father was taken back a little bit, but because his father had a powerful relationship with the Lord, the word says that he held on to the word. And in Genesis chapter 37 Uh, time passed, someone say time passed. Something about timing, something about time passing allows us to understand how promises come. In Genesis 37, time passed after the great prophetic dream that Joseph had, and there were the Midianites, the merchantmen, and they dwell in Genesis 37 and 28, and, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit. How did he get into the pit? He got into the pit because of persecution of his brothers who thought, who are you to have a better dream than ours? It's something about people who love you that will throw you in something beneath you when you sound like you're about to be above them. So Joseph is in the pit. He is pitiful. Someone say, Joseph is pitiful. Another translation says that Joseph wasn't just sold to anybody. He was sold to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph out of the pitiful place into a place where he's captive. The Ishmaelites wasn't the devil. I'm getting somewhere. Just follow me real quick. They was the ups so that he could get in position for his promise. I know we talk about ops, but the ups, the ups are people in your life that are disguised as ops, but their persecution brings you closer to your promise. Come on. These are people who seem like they oppose you, but they're designed to make you go higher. These are people that act like they're on your level by how they target your life, but they're designed to pull out the potential inside of you so that you can soar like an eagle. They can only attack you if you're on the same level. But once you stand in the potential that God placed inside of you, I can't target you because you're higher than I can go. They're not the ops, they're the ups. The Ishmaelites wasn't the devil there was the up so that he could be in position for his promise. What do I mean by that? God will FedEx you into purpose by way of persecution and inconvenience. In Genesis 39, it came to pass that when the master heard words, later on he's in the palace, it looks like he's in the promise. And there's a rumor that goes around saying that Joseph has his eyes on Potiphar's wife when really that wasn't the truth. Uh, And Potiphar knew in his heart of hearts that this was a man of integrity because this was a man that God has used. But Potiphar instead places him in a temporary place called a prison. And they place him in prison. But even in the prison, he had the favor of the leader over the prison. Some of us are in spaces and places, and you're trying to figure out, why would God do this to me? And you're trying to figure out, how is this happening to your life? But wherever you go, somehow you produce. And and until you stop worrying about your environment, and start looking at what you can do with nothing. And start recognizing wherever you go, you know how to make money. Whether it's cutting grass or cutting hair, whether it's real estate or whether it's construction. Somehow, someway, you find your hands on some dollars. Until you recognize it's a gift and stop counting and doing the math of why you got to do this and do that. Some of you all, you're nurturers. Everybody flocks to you who's hurting. You haven't seen your gift yet because you're too busy upset about what happened last time at your last job, not recognizing that you are more gifted than you think. Look at someone and say you're more gifted than you think. David was in situations too. David was anointed with oil, but he had to go back to the backside of the mountain to keep the sheep. Even the prophet Samuel leaves and goes back to a place called Shammah, goes back to a place where he's supposed to go. It looks like countless times in the Bible that when God called someone, when he chose someone, there was a space and it was a place where it seemed like things got mixy and mixed up. Has anybody ever been between seasons before? Let's sound churchy real quick. All right, now let's sound practical. Has anybody ever been between jobs before? Has anybody ever been between relationships before? Has anybody's heart been broken before? Has anybody ever been in a situation where you think God told you to do this, but why is God doing that? All right, cool. I want to talk to you from the subject holding places. These are places and these are seasons and these are times where God is developing us and where God halts you. It's, It's a season where God will stop you After you had a dream, after you confessed it and shared it, why would you allow my brothers to throw me in the pit, God? All I did was share what you showed me. All I did was share what you showed me. Why would you allow something so close to me that I depend on? For in the time of adversity, the brother is supposed to be loyal, but my own brothers throw me in a pit. What is God developing in Joseph that he must withstand a forgiveness protocol from his brothers that throw him in a pit? What is in Joseph's destiny that requires him to have such the ability to walk in love, to move beyond what his brothers did to him in his past? Some of you all have a set of requirements that aren't issued to other people. You're trying to figure out why is God requiring you to do this and do that. You're in a holding place. And this holding place, God will allow you to stay in this position until you maintain the posture that releases the prophetic promise. You must know who you are more than what you do if you're in a holding place, which is my first point. Identity issues must be conquered, Joseph. Identity issues must be conquered when you're in a holding place. It must be beyond the fact that you got laid off. You must still see your destiny while they fired you. If they let you go, it doesn't mean God let go of his promise. Until you're not moved by any supervisor, you're not ready to supervise the promise of God. My first point is identity issues must be conquered. David, let me see how you perform with oil on you to be king, even though you're not. Let's see if you start getting cocky, David. I put you, they forgot about you, and I put, I put you in the front of the line in front of Samuel. I hid you so much, David, that even Samuel did not know exactly who would be king. All the text says is that one of his sons would be king. So I, hid, I, have, I have hid you so much, David, that it looks like your father's rejecting you. I hid you so much, David, that we, they, they, this was not, and he was not, listen, I need you to catch this. Let's pull out the culture from God's word. David was not, forgot about in a petty way. They genuinely were not thinking of David when the prophet asked them to call his sons. David was not on their mind. So when David comes, I want you to imagine this. So when David comes walking in, not only is it a shock, we forgot you even existed, let alone be invited to the table of a prophet who has oil in their horn. And let me tell you what, oil oil in a horn, back in those days, naturally, was like getting the Purple Heart or Beyond Better. A prophet did not visit you to pour oil on you unless it was summoned and it was a national issue when one was done. So I want you to imagine this, 15-year-old boy coming in, just being obedient, not knowing what's next. But now, you have a whole prophet who is nationally acclaimed, a leader of leaders, not sitting down until you walk in. We're going to hold... We're going to halt. We're going to hold everything until you walk in. We're going to hold. We're going to halt everything in the home until mama walks in. We're going to hold. We're going to halt everything in the industry until you walk in. We're going to hold. We're going to halt Everything until you walk in. Well, what am I supposed to be walking in, Pastor Chandler? You know what you're supposed to be walking in. But you got to move the shame. You got to remove the shame. You got to remove the past. You got to remove what you used to do back in the day. You got to walk in what God's giving you to walk in despite people knowing your business. Until you walk in, the prophet won't even sit down. Identity issues must be conquered. Identity issues must be conquered. Identity issues must be conquered conquered. He walks in, they anoint David, and then after that, does David do this? (laughs) I'm more anointed than all you guys. Nope, he does not do none of that. What David does, it goes back to take care of the few sheep where they usually forget that I'm here. Go back to the forgotten place with a memory that I'm anointed. Go back to the work that no one thinks about with the idea that God called and picked my name. Is that idea that God's gonna use you enough? Or do we need someone else to know that God's hands on me to be enough? When God calls you, is his voice enough? Or do you need someone else's permission for God to speak that you're the one? When are you going to settle in yourself that God could be speaking to anybody. But he spoke to you, Joseph, he gave you a dream. Is it enough? He gave, he spoke to you, David. he put oil on your head. Is it enough? When are you going to sit in your holding place and be obedient to what God spoke to you, even if it looks like nobody knows your name, no one cares, everyone disregards you. Listen here, everyone's familiar with you. It looks like people know who you are. God can flip things upside down, but he's not gonna do it until the vendetta and our hearts get out of there, and we make it about what he wants to do with us, not people seeing that God can use us. Got to be genuine when you get there. The text says that God found another king after his own heart, meaning that David didn't have the same petty issues Saul had. David didn't have the same heart issues that Saul had. He found a king that would genuinely obey and be in the seat of permission to lead. This identity thing is so important that Jesus asks his disciples in Matthew 16. He halts them. Hold up. Someone say, "Hold hold up. Who do men say I am? I know I've been doing a lot of stuff, and you've been seeing me work these miracles, and you've been seeing me do X, Y, and Z, but I know you're caught up with what I do with my hands, but who do men say that I am? I know you're caught up with peace, be still, and the storm being quieting, and the the miracles we did when we fed the 5,000. And Peter, I even allowed you to walk on water just for a little bit. But let me me hold up my team in this disciple process and check in with them and see if they're still checked in with who I am. Let me make sure. And it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. They were looking... At his hand. Some say Elijah. They were looking at what he's done. Some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. They asked him, but who? Then he said, okay, I hear what you're saying, they say. But who do you say I am? Because I'm secure in my identity. I just want to see if you see the person correctly. Identity issues are important for God to use you. God will hold your life, hold you up, not allow you to get another promotion until you step into who you are, even though you were the daughter in the family that the grandma and grandpa forgot about. He said, I'm not not promoting you no more with heart issues. I'm gonna hold you, I'm gonna halt you until we get this family issue out of you so I can use you beyond them throwing you in a pit. But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed Simon, son of John, Because the Father in heaven has revealed this to you. Message translation says, Jesus pressed them. How about you? This was a pressure. He said, no, 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 we're not moving on with our day. We're not going to the next town right now. I'm going to put pressure on this. Who do men say I am? Identity is important if you're on my team. What you see about me and what you see in me is important before we seize. One more miracle do, one more exploit. I need to make sure you know who I am. Some of us are in holding places because of identity issues. You have to hold until you probably discern who you are, not what you do and not what your assignment is. When God picks you, it's bigger than what you're about to walk in. I'm going to say it again. When God picks you, it's bigger than what you're going to walk in. We all have been picked for something. Don't you get it? You're here. You're here because you've been chosen. Yeah, in church today. You're here because you've been chosen. See, a lot of us in here, we have never praised God from that place of identity where God gave you clarity that only he could give you. Many of us are like David. We're part of God's found another ministry, found another king, found another supervisor, found another campus minister, found another pastor, found another leader, found another CEO, found another entrepreneur. You're not first. Don't act like you always. Someone had what you were doing before you had what you were doing, but they failed, they messed up, they missed their moment. And God picks you because of the qualities not of your day, not of your prestige, and not of your degree. He picks you because of that thing you do when you cry, when you care for people in your family. He picks you because of that way you stay up late until you fix that problem. He, 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 he picks you Because of that version of you that doesn't come with complaints, you come with solutions. So the devil's trying to keep your mouth closed, change the way you made up. Because the devil always attacks your identity. Because he knows how we've been picked, just doesn't know why we've been picked. He knows how God picks people. He picks you not because of your gift or your gifting. He can give those out. He doesn't pick you for talents. He can give those out. He picks you from the quality of the character of who you really are. Now here's the part: He picks you from the perspective of who you were in sin. Before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. So inside of sin, God still sees who you were before you started sinning. You're so picked Look, you never say, you're so picked. Ooh, you're so picked, you don't even know it yet. Before you were in your mother's womb, there's no divorce that can stop you from being picked. There's no sickness that can stop you from being picked. There's not even really a backside. You can get out of position, but when God picks you, God picks you. Now, what you have to start doing, help me, Holy Spirit, is getting to know who you were before you were in your mother's womb. Leave those mama issues and daddy issues home. You need to get to know why God selected you. Identity issues are important. See, you're part of God's found another ministry. David, uh, God tells prophet Saul, a national prophet, stop mourning about the previous. I have dismissed that which was. And now in 1 Samuel 16 and 1, how long will you sit here, Samuel, I moved on. God can move on from things. Samuel, you about to mess up and stop being my prophet eventually, too, if you hang on to the past too long. God is always challenging his people with alignment, always. He says, how long? That means God was, God was counting. He says, listen, I rejected the king that you're grieving about. Fill your flask with oil. Go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Selected his past tense, which means he knows which son's supposed to be king. He's just not gonna tell Samuel yet because alignment is so important when God has a secret. Oh my God. Alignment is so important when God has a secret. And some of you all keep messing up God's process with you because you share, you share the secret of the Lord with people who are out of alignment. Causing God to halt your destiny. Why is it taking me so long to get something done so simple? There's people out of alignment that you keep sharing secrets to. We mess up all the time. We mess up all the time because they have a title of a loved one. Even God said, now, Jesse, I chose your family, but just in case, I don't know what you and that son got going on because you usually forget about them. Just in case you got some issues, I'm not even gonna tell you who I'm picking because you might mess around and send him to another town or city, I don't don't know. Let's focus on the word of God. Once you know who you are in God, here we go. Once you know who God is, you will have less worries about who you are. And some of us are upset because of what it looks like God won't do. But have you ever celebrated God for who he is? I'll give you some time. Have you ever celebrated God for who he is? I know there's a lot of stuff we want done. They're still sitting down, but if I started naming some stuff he could do, we would, but let's touch who he is. is the stars and the universe and your lungs and your breathing capacity. Is that still enough for praise and your mind being regulated and your sleep being sweet and you're still able to move on your feet? I know we want stuff, college students, we want God to do, but the way he blessed you to sing a voice Is it I'm gonna give you some time to celebrate who he is. I'm gonna give you some time. 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 I'ma give you some time. Start thinking about who he is. Start thinking about who he is. Not what you want done right now. Not what we need fixed right now. Not what we need healed right now. Who he is, 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 who he is to you, who he is. Come on, intercessors. You should still be praising. You show up weekly for who he is, not because we need nothing done. Ain't nobody in this church when you pray for who he is. Who he is, he is majestic. Who he is, he is timeless. Who he is, he is precious. Who he is, he is beautiful. Who he is, he is loving. Who he is, he is kind. Still giving God a praise for his character. May not see all the qualities, but I still praise him for his character. Come on, Elaine. Praise him for who he is. He's a healer. Still ain't no mind, but he's a healer. She tell Who he is. Who he is. Who he is. Still enough for me. Still more than enough for me. Still a way maker, miracle worker. Come on, light in the darkness. Still empowering me to put one foot in front of the next, keeping my soul together when life tries to tear me up. Who you are, God, I'm still not done. Got a lot of stuff on my list, but I'll rip it up any day for who he is. That's what Bishop Scotland Bailey saw as a revelation of. Uncle Scotty has a revelation of who he is. Take your seats and say, God is developing me. Holding places, holding places holding places. And like Joseph, David, and Abraham, God is developing you in your holding place. I know we have some stuff on our list, but in that inconvenience, you get to know who he is, not what he does. In that challenge, you get to know who he is, not what he can bring to the table. Some of us are in a holding place, so stop looking for money when God's moving. You have to hold on to the principles of the Lord until they fully take root. Rooty people are not allowed to get quick results like fruity people. You're not. You are the matriarch and the patriarch of your family. You're the first to get the whole family out of a lifestyle. So it's gonna take some time for the roots to get in the bloodline. So stop looking for quick results when you're called to change your entire family. You're not second, you're first. God is establishing you. So he's taking you the long route, getting some discipline in your mind so that you're firm on him. So you'll be able to say stuff like, my mind stayed on the Lord. They don't come from nobody who got quick results. When your mind stayed on the Lord, it comes from somebody who's been out of the will of God, in the will of God, out of the will of God, in the will of God, but God's so good, God's so good, God's so good, and you gotta learn how to be faithful. During the the mix-ups of life, we gotta learn how to be faithful. I can say it this way for him, Bishop. The resources of a distribution center move a lot slower than the resources of the shelves of stores. See, you're upset because God won't put you on the shelf, but you're really a distribution item. God does not let you move until the order has been granted. So you feel like you're waiting and why is it taking so long? And when's it going to be my turn? Baby girl, you're a whole distribution item. You want to be on the shelves where prices are marked up high? God has you in the back. He keeps the good stuff in the back. He keeps the good stuff in the back. The stuff that have high value are in high places. You better rise up and be who you are. Lord, help me, Jesus. I ain't trying to scream at y'all too much. You got to hear me.
0: If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for Marriage, Faith, and Family Inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.